In this week's episode, I'm joined by Kelvin Goss, Sherm National Speaker, founder of DEI in Action, inventor of You Played the Race Card, an inclusion and belonging game. This week, our conversation is about achieving gender parity in MBA programs, the NFL's inclusive fan gear initiative, and more. Hey there, my name is Bernadette Smith. Welcome to Five Things in 15 Minutes, my weekly show where I bring good vibes to DEI. That is good vibes to diversity, equity, and inclusion with a little dash of corporate social responsibility. What I've found is that there are lots of news stories about what's going wrong in the world and lots of negative data, but there are also a lot of things going right. That's what I like to focus on. I search for DEI stories that we can be inspired by and learn from. My hope is to inspire you to experiment with some of these inclusive actions and policies within your own organization to help you build a more inclusive world. Kelvin, will you please introduce yourself, my friend? It is great to have you on the show. Well, thank you, Bernadette. I'm honored to be on your show. Uh, I look at your pedigree and just uh, continually uh, in admiration. I I love that you you are so focused around making a difference in other people's lives and just the doors you've opened and conversations you spark with your creativity and innovative mindset. So I'm excited to be here. And uh, I think you pretty much shared an opening statement around me. And I don't want to spend our time around that, but I do love this work. And, you know, I can tell you uh, from an early age, I learned quickly that if you surround yourself with successful people, treat them with respect and dignity, great things happen. And I just try to use that philosophy, whether it was in operations or whether it was in HR or whether it was when I decided to become, uh, you know, a practitioner and expert in diversity, equity, inclusion. If you use that word and I use it lightly, I hear people say that. Bernadette, but when I think about all there is to know, we're constantly learning. So daily, we add to our repertoire of what we have and build up on that and continue to try to enhance that expertise. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because it is such a cross-functional discipline, DEI, you know, it's impossible to be an expert in all of it, right? Agreed. 100% agreed. Love daily learning more of how we can uh, take someone else's best practices and, and, and enhance what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, your your current role is a chief diversity officer for a company. So can you tell me what in that work is giving you hope and giving you, you know, momentum to keep this going, especially when there's been some backlash lately? Yeah, there's been a lot of backlash. Uh, I think the spark from, uh, you know, higher education uh, when it comes to that, you know, and I, I look at titles as, you know, you, you work hard to obtain a certain title. But, you know, I, I think it, it reminds me, and I don't know if you you remember, uh, you know, this, there was a saying, the quality goes in before the name goes on. I, well, there was a catchphrase with a, you know, a popular area of sales. I say the same thing around this work. Title, um, I think, shows up in your work. And so for me, when I think in terms of how that higher education impact that was mentioned around affirmative action had a ripple effect across mm-hmm. organizations, because if they just read the headline news and didn't dig into it deep, yeah. It can cause them to, you know, knee jerk left or knee jerk right. Right. Without really understanding what is it that's being said? How does it impact higher education? And then how does it uh, impact uh, the workplace as well? So from that perspective, I think, you know, it put noise in the system, but you can filter through it if you take the time to do the research and still 
continue to move the work forward. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you really do look at the details, I mean, there's not necessarily a big impact that companies should be doing, right? I mean, there's not too much that they should be or could be doing differently to avoid uh, being, I guess, in perceived in violation. <laughs> That's um, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's really important to stay the course. What are some of the things that you do in your life to, to sort of stay the course? Yeah. You know, so I, I think from the perspective of how do you stay a course or or create a roadmap around inclusivity that um, is unshakable and can mm-hmm. weather most any storm that comes at it is when you truly look for ways to take uh, biases out of, mm-hmm. you know, any part of that roadmap, whether that be anybody alluding to, hey, we need to pick up X, Y, and Z percent of people, et cetera. I think you should look at it. You want the best talent, but are you really Mm -hmm. casting your net wide and deep enough that you get diverse candidates that truly Mm -hmm. want to be part of your organization? And and you know, for me, Bernadette, uh, you can tell the story all day long that you're doing those things, but it'll show up. uh, You can feel it in an environment in just a few minutes when you, you you walk in the doors of an organization. So I think from that perspective, when you're thinking about building something that's concrete, that's sustainable. You want to see how do you create an environment that's inclusive for everyone and they have an opportunity. I, I love this. You know, people ask, what's the difference between equity and, uh, and equality? And I love this uh, this answer that this young man gave. I asked this when I was doing a presentation. And uh, typically people give all type of analogies, et cetera. And it was real simple. He said, well, you know, uh, equality would mean everybody gets a pair of brown shoes. Equity means that you get shoes that fit your feet that are brown. And I'm like, that's amazing. You know, great, simple illustration to bring home the point. Let's create that type of environment. And then when we can move forward with that, I think that's when you see the it'll yield great results. To, to be even more specific, if people are sporting fans, Bernadette, when you watch them uh, on Sunday, if you're a football fan, basketball fan, baseball fan, when you see those people in the stands, you see all nationalities, all ethnicities, all races, all age groups. There's five generations in the workplace. All of them have on the same gear, yelling and, and screaming for one united win. Can you imagine if you could create that same environment in the workplace? Mm. Oh, wow. That is that is a very simple but complicated thought. Like the reality of that is hard, but the premise is so simple. <laughs> It really is. And and it's amazing. They would do anything for that team to win. And that's where you get the business case for creating an inclusive environment. Yeah. Interesting. I love that. I love that analogy. Thanks, Kelvin. Well, you know, just to quickly talk about equity versus equality. I get that question a lot because my company's name is Equality Institute, <laughs> right? And so my my quick answer is, well, equality is sort of this aspirational place. Mm. You know, it is far off, right? But one of the ways we get there is through equity by yeah. giving folks a fair shot, keeping in mind their individual circumstances. So that's sort of how I frame it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love the name of your, your institute, Equality Institute. Who wouldn't want to be part of that with just by hearing <laughs> the name. So you just picked a great name to embrace, you know, people will just gravitate to because I think that's what the world is, is missing. And I think it's not always malicious. I think mm-hmm. it's from educational awareness. So I love that that's what you focus on. 
Yeah, thank you. Well, in this week's five things, I wrote about ouch moments. I was on a call with an organization that was looking to bring us in, and they have a a premium high-touch service with account managers that were embarrassing themselves in front of their clients because of mistaken assumptions. And and in our work, we call these ouch moments. And, uh, you know, and I think that it's really important to sort of know that the antidote to assumptions is asking better questions, right? So we have a, a tool we hear, use here called ARC Method, Ask, Respect, Connect. I love um, it. You know, but I think that it's important to remember that we all do this. We are all going to make those ouch moments, even folks who are from historically marginalized groups, because, you know, we can't know everything about everyone. And so, you know, we're all going to be making those mistakes. And I think it's just really important to be honest about that. I love that. And, you know, I like that you've put them in a category of calling them ouch moments because they come with a, a sting. Yeah. And uh, oftentimes, you know, if a person is oblivious and they contain the sting at some point, it could be pretty detrimental <laughs> to, to that, you know, that body part, because, you know, you can only get so many stings before it's at another level. Yeah. And so I think uh, that to your point, how do you put yourself in a position to let someone know, that you just you know shared an ouch moment with me privately so that they could work on that. And if they choose to not, then that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into this week's good vibes, Kelvin. The first story this week comes from MBA programs. So what the new data has told us is that business schools at Penn State and Oxford University have reached gender parity in their MBA programs, joining George Washington University, Johns Hopkins, and the University of Pennsylvania. So what we're seeing is more women in business leadership pipelines and when women are only at 10% of running Fortune 500 companies, this is a pretty big deal that to see that the pipeline in MBA programs is that balanced. Yeah, you know, um, I love that you, you picked that topic because as I think through Fortune 500s, and, and I can, I'm proud to say that, you know, there's a couple of uh, CEOs that I know that are on that list. But then I watched that list, Bernadette, and it fluctuates so much from year to year. Mm-hmm. Like they maybe achieved the title. But then, you know, it seems like, hey, you see, when you look at retention, you know, for years in that role, it's a little different. I like that, uh, to your point, uh, that this is a path that they're looking at, because two, I think analytics will show that typically females' uh, grade point averages are a little higher as well. (laughs) (laughs) So why wouldn't we want to uh, pursue creating a, a more inclusive environment to adapt to this type mentality if it's if, if they see work. And I think everything kind of starts with a hypothesis. But if they're on to something special, I think it'd be something that could be adapted and cross-pollinated across all uh, institutions of that nature. Absolutely. And I think that there are a few other things that I, I are really cool about this story to me. I mean, one is that this is not something that just happened overnight, right? This is something that's clearly been worked on for 10, 15, 20 years to sort of keep building up that pipeline, keep improving access, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just a reminder that it is a long game and it works eventually, right? And so goodness, we need some patience, but I think that it's progress. And here on Five Things, we celebrate progress in all forms. I love it. I love it. You know, it almost reminds me of the movie Hidden Figures. And when I think in terms of how, you know, there were individuals who brought this certain uh, special as- attribute to the organization, but they just weren't in a position to showcase it. Yep. So I think this kind of helps build a platform 
or it is to your uh, name of your institute, Equality Institute, I think it kind of ties back to if people continue to be curious and seek those opportunities, it'll create a better workforce, a better world. Yep, absolutely. All right. The second story this week comes from the American Ornithological Society, which is revamping bird names that honor individuals. So what has happened is that there are a lot of birds named after people, and some of those people have been very racist or otherwise exclusive or former slave owners of enslaved people, et cetera, et cetera. So they've made a, a new blanket policy to rebrand species after the birds themselves, after the characteristics of the birds, and not just historical figures. So you know what? Uh, bit by bit, Kelvin, the uh, patriarchy is being dismantled. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Bernadette. When I, when I saw this one, I was like, yeah, that's news to me because I hadn't spent a lot of time even checking that out. But you know, when you do get a glimpse, and I think, again, it goes back to being curious. Someone was curious enough to ask the right questions to mm -hmm. put this on someone's radar screen. And I think to me, that's the perfect example of saying, don't walk by something and just say, accept it because it's the norm. Be curious, challenge the status quo in a respectful way, and good things can come from it, like what you see with this article. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? It's not just something that was done in 2020. Here we are three years later, and these types of changes are still happening slowly but surely. So again, celebrating progress. All right. Love it. Third story this week comes from the National Football League, which is leveling up on inclusivity by launching in a line of adaptive and assisted apparel for all 32 teams. 26% of adults have some form of disability. These are folks who will now have access to tees and hoodies with magnetic snaps, snaps, wider neck openings, back buttons, et cetera, for folks with disabilities and sensory issues. Yeah, man, I, all of this to me is, again, it relates back to constantly looking for how do you improve the norm mm -hmm. instead of a one size fits all mentality whether that's, you know, your business approach, your, your roadmap for diversity, equity, inclusion, then don't just look for a one size fits all. Look and see what fits the DNA mm -hmm. of your clients and your audience and, and build from there. And this is a perfect example. I have a really good friend who is uh, the, a chief human resource officer for uh, the Arizona Cardinals and just had him speak recently to our team. And it was amazing just some of the things that they're trying to put in place and I don't know if, if, you know, for fans of NFL, even just looking across the stadium or looking in the back of the helmets, you can see constant change, constant improvement, trying to send a message. We want to do better. Are they perfect? No, but they're working towards how do they improve? And to me, that's a progressive organization who's thinking, how do we, you know, holistically change? Because with the, the platform the NFL has, that's pretty big. So when you mm -hmm. see them making those type changes, typically people will follow uh, audiences that they feel like, hey, are, are pretty credible. And I think the NFL has, has a large captive audience and if they can see improvement there, it definitely can be mimicked or copied back at other organizations. Absolutely. We had someone from the Seattle Seahawks on here a few weeks ago and, and she was uh, Karen Wilkins Mickey and she was talking about what they've been doing. And, and you're right. I mean, if they can set that precedent, it really goes, it's a great model for, for the sort of the mass market. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love that they, they took it to a whole nother level by being curious, like, what can we do? What's missing and what can we do to improve it? 
Exactly. All right. The fourth story this week is also about accessibility. Sony is launching the Access Controller for PlayStation in a month. And it's a circular controller that's been in development for five years. It features customizable buttons, a control stick that can be adjusted for comfort. Users can configure settings to meet the needs and use it alone with other controllers. So it's really designed for folks with disabilities to have it be a lot more flexible in how they can game. You know what? I think I love to celebrate opportunities for everyone to experience joy. And my son certainly finds joy in gaming. And I love that this is one way that expands that access. Yeah, I love it, too. And, you know, it even becomes closer to home when you have uh, individuals who may have disabilities. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you mentioned that, you know, that uh, I created the race card game. I created an entire deck centered around disability because it's just mm-hmm. such a great opportunity to see how others who maybe had disabilities overcame uh, that as an opportunity in their work and used it as a, an advantage. And yes. it's amazing to see how when you, you know, peel back those layers, you know, some people who are labeled as disabled, have other special abilities and how do you tap into that? And so I'm glad to see Sony once again, pioneering something that can change the game across all their industry, but continue to recognize that, you know, humans at the end of the day, it's called humankind. And uh, when we can be kind to humans, good things happen. Yes. Well, that is uh, a great quote. (laughs) Great quote. Okay. The fifth story, the last story this week is from uh, the U S Navy Admiral Lisa Franchetti, was confirmed as the first female chief of naval operations, breaking a historic glass ceiling in U.S. military leadership. And really the first woman on the Joint Chiefs of Staff, I believe. And I mean, what a big deal this is, especially because naval appointments have been blocked. So this is a big deal. This is huge. And so, again, once again, I I think it's kind of like when people saw, you know, can people run a a four-minute mile? Well, oh my gosh, you can. Then that just opened the doors for just people to start just blowing that record out of the water. So uh, playing off of that same mindset, what other doors will this open for someone who sees, you know, people are visual. I, I think it said like 85% of what we learn, Bernadette, in life comes through what we see. Yeah. And when we can see individuals who achieve this type uh, you know, goal or, or if that was a from the time this person joined the Navy, was that a goal? That only inspires other people to say, I can do it too. I can do it too. And I I think when we have more of those stories we can share, it's where that's kind of the sweet spot because that does inspire others to say, let me question that. Let me ask more, you know, deeper questions or ask it a different way. And if the answer doesn't sound quite right, then you can go back to the drawing board and uh, see where you could create an environment where you have more success stories like this. Absolutely. Well, she will be the first, but not the last. I 100% agree. <laughs> we celebrate that on five things as well. Kelvin, it has been great having you this week. Can you tell folks how they can get in touch with you? Sure. You can connect with me on LinkedIn at Kelvin Goss. You can also reach out to me on my website at youplaytheracecard.com. I would love to talk to you and see how we can continue to improve that game as it's doing some really incredible things with some organizations that have leveraged it. And really, it comes from the heart. You know, I my mom taught school for about 40 years and I love education. And I think no matter what part of the work we're in, if you're in HR, if you're an operator, everyone plays in the space of inclusion, equity and diversity. And there's a business case when you get it right to, to move it forward. 
We'll make sure we put that in the show notes. Uh, your game is really fun. It's it's really clever. I, I think it's really well done. Um, and I think it's just it's something that everyone can and should just kind of have, <laughs> you know, things that we don't even think about. So we'll make sure we put that in the show notes. And folks, please stay in touch with Kelvin. You're a wise and kind man. So I'm, I'm really grateful to call you a friend. I'm honored to have you as a friend too, Bernadette. It means a lot. And it's sincere, a sincere friend who's, yep. who's there through the good and the bad. <laughs> so I appreciate it. Absolutely. You can always count on me. I really, I mean that. I know. This week's call to action. It's Native American Heritage Month. So it's an opportunity for you all to explore the ancestral histories of the land in which you live. So here in Chicago, I know that I live on the traditional homelands of multiple tribal nations, including the Potawatomi. And you can look up the indigenous heritage of your area in the link in the show notes. So please check that out. Do a little bit of reflection um, on the land in which you live. All right. There we go. If you don't already get the five things newsletter, you can subscribe at five things Thank you so much, everyone. And have a great week. Thank you for listening to five things in 15 minutes. I hope you found yourself inspired by at least one of this week's stories. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform? And if you don't already get my five things newsletter, join at fivethingsdei.com. I'm Bernadette Smith, and I'll see you next week right here for five things in 15 minutes, bringing good vibes to DEI 2.0.